and uh, she's very wise and she she lives it and uh, looking forward to hearing what she's going to say but we're going to pray right now Father, thank you again for letting us come together and uh, be with other women who are on this journey trying to follow you, God, trying to please you. And uh, I pray, God, that we can just soak up your words. And we know that your word is living and active, God, and that you're using it to teach us, to instruct us, to convict us. And uh, God, I pray that we'll just pick up on the things that you want us to hear. Help us to buy into your words, God, and not not uh, listen to uh, our enemy, the deceiver, God, but to really t- totally trust you, God, mm-hmm. to believe in you and grow in our faith. Um, Father, I pray that you'll be with Coral. Fill her with the Holy Spirit, God, and fill her with uh, your words, God. Help her to speak powerfully what you want her to say to us, Lord. And uh, God, I pray that you'll that you'll give all of us a desire to please you. And give us the strength, God, to wear our crowns well. Help us to be uh, fully committed to living the life that you have planned for us, God, and, and to doing what you ask of us. Thank you so much, Lord, for what you've done for us. And we come to you in your son's name. Amen. Thank you. All right. So I, I am so excited to share with you what God has given me to share with you. So you're probably wondering what's in this box. Really. <laughs> okay, I have to be careful. But when you think of Christianity and crowns, which one do you think of? Okay, how many of you think of this one? Yeah, how many of you think of this one? Eh, not so much, right? So when and and it's not surprising when you think of Christianity, you know, crown of thorns that like defines Jesus, right? We're coming up on Easter. When you look at advertisements for Easter services, you will see the cross. You will see the crown of thorns, right? Think about this. Jesus wore this crown for less than 24 hours, right? So, the crown he wears now is more like this one, okay? It's a glorious crown. So, I think we should be spending more time thinking about this crown, okay? Um, so as I was preparing for my lesson, I was like, oh my gosh. So I looked up all the, the places in the Bible that said crown. And there are several verses that talk about a crown that we will receive. So in, um, second Timothy four, verse eight, I will tell you, I, so I got on Bible gateway. Um, if you've ever gotten on Bible gateway, there's a, you can like, be on there for hours (laughs) so I'm comparing all the versions and stuff Um, and so I will tell you which version I've taken the verses out of so that whenever you look at these verses later um, they might be a little different Um, but then you can go to Bible Gateway and look up the versions that I am uh, saying here so 2nd Timothy 4 verse 8 from the Living Bible or TLB says In heaven, a crown is waiting for me, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that great day of his return. And not just to me, but to all those whose lives show that they are eagerly looking forward to his coming back again. First, excuse me, first Peter five, verse four. First Peter five, four in the NIV, New International Version says, And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. 
1 Corinthians 9, verse 25, in the NIV, 1 Corinthians 9, 25, says, Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. So these are those crowns, those eternal crowns that we will have someday that Jesus will give to us. But what about now? Do we have crowns that we can wear today? Um, so I was thinking about, you know, the crown. And in case any of y'all don't know, uh, there's going to be a coronation next month. You know, King Charles is going to be coronated. And so there's a whole lot uh, on the Internet about the crown and the coronation. And I was thinking about anytime you see somebody wearing a crown, like a legitimate crown, you know, not like the Burger King crown, you know, but whenever you see someone wearing a legitimate crown, you're like, you take notice, right? They are important. They represent something, right? And they even stand a little straighter and a little taller. One of the um, articles that I read was on Queen Elizabeth, and she was talking about the crown. I think it's like St. Edward's crown or something that was made in like 1600-something. And it is the crown uh, that represents the monarchy of England. And she was saying that it's so heavy that when she wears it, she can't look down. (laughs) Because she's like, if I look down, I will break my neck. She's like, or it will fall off my head. So whenever she would wear it in open parliament, she would have to lift her notes to be able to see. And the takeaway that I got from that is as you are living your lives, are you standing up tall and straight? Because you are representing the king. You are representing your father. Or are you hunched over and, you know, kind of like... You know, I was in the the breakout room with uh, Susan talking about emotions, and our our emotions can just get a hold of us. You know, and then the quote that Sue said from Jenny's lesson. You know, it's like put that crown on and you stand tall. You should be confident because God gives you that confidence if you let Him. That's a side note. Um, anyway. So let's talk about um, the crown that we wear. As I was thinking about the lesson, I, I thought about this devotional Bible that I got from Mackenzie when she was four years old. <laughs> it's God's Little Princess Devotional Bible, and it even has the tiara on the front. <laughs> and so I thought, huh, what kind of lessons are in here? Um, so the I'm going to read uh, a few little devotionals from here because, you know, we are all God's little princesses. You know, we are all little girls in God's sight, right? We are his baby girls. So I'm going to read from here. Um, this is talking, this was a, a devotional about Solomon. It says, God says that we need to want to be wise too. Where does wisdom come from? It comes from God. He helps our weak minds understand how great God is. The more we understand about God, the wiser we become. Our wisdom changes our thoughts, actions, and lives. We make better choices that please God 
we begin to think more like him. Then we are able to help others know God better too. God-given wisdom is our crown of beauty that leads us and others to him. So some verses that I wanted to share in regards to wisdom. The first one is Proverbs 4, verses 7 through 9. And this is in the easy-to-read version, ERB. It says, The first step to becoming wise is to look for wisdom. So use everything you have to get wisdom or to get understanding. Love wisdom, and she will make you great. Hold on to wisdom, and she will bring you honor. Wisdom will reward you with a crown of honor and glory. So, we need to get wisdom. But how do we get wisdom? James chapter 1, verse 5, in the International Children's Bible, or ICB, James 1, 5 says, But if any of you needs wisdom, you should ask God for it. God is generous. He enjoys giving to all people, so God will give you wisdom. I became a Christian when I was 18 years old, and when I read that verse, I'm like, oh, dear God, <laughs> please give me wisdom, because I, I knew I didn't know everything. Even though I, it's so weird, because I, in some ways, I thought I did know everything, you know, but in other ways, I was like, I know nothing, you know, and so, so I have been praying for wisdom for a long, long time, uh, because you're never going to have enough, you know. Because our, our little minds can only hold so much, you know, and then God puts a little bit more in. And it's, we grow with it. You know, we can hold so much and God fills it. And then it expands and then we, he puts more in and it expands more, you know. So, uh, and then the, the last verse talking about wisdom is James chapter 3, verses 13 and 17. So James 3, 13, and 17 in the New Living Translation, NLT. Um, I skipped the, the middle verses, the 14 through 16, because those are talking about the worldly wisdom, you know, so there's like a compare and contrast there. Um, but I wanted to focus on, on God's wisdom. When you go back and, and look at your notes later, so I'm a teacher, I'm a, you know, I, I teach math, and so I say this to my students, I'm like, when you go back and look at your notes, not if, okay? When, when you go back and look at your notes to study for the test, you know? So when you go back and look at these notes <laughs> and look at these verses, you can read those verses in between, okay? Uh, but, uh, James 3.13 and then 17 says, If you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life, doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. But the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. So like I was saying at the beginning of the lesson about someone wearing a crown, you notice, right? When somebody's wearing a crown, people take notice and say, oh, they are royalty. Do people notice you? Do they look at your life and say, hmm, there's something about her. I see something in her that 
sets her apart from others. Okay, So they should see these things in your life. All right, the next devotional that we're going to look at excuse me, was about Tabitha in uh, the book of Acts. It says, Did you know that God cares about you? He cares about your thoughts, what makes you happy and sad, and everything else about you. He also wants you to care about other people in the same way. Caring about other people is a sign that God's love lives in your heart. It makes us look at other people's needs instead of our own. It helps us serve other people instead of always trying to get more for ourselves. And so another part of our crown is service. In Luke chapter 9, verse 23, Luke 9, 23, in the New Life version, I believe, it's NLV. It says, Then Jesus said to them all, If anyone wants to follow me, he must give up himself and his own desires. He must take up his cross every day and follow me. So this is where the the crown of thorns comes in, you know, because the cross, you know, the crown of thorns was part of the cross. So we do take up our cross daily and follow him. We surrender ourselves. We surrender our will and what we want. And we look outside of ourselves to serve others. Uh, Galatians 5 verse 13 Galatians 5.13 in the easy-to-read version, ERV, says, My brothers and sisters, God chose you to be free, but don't use your freedom as an excuse to do what pleases your sinful selves. Instead, serve each other with love. All right, and the next devotional, um, talking about serving with love, um, This one is about love. How can you tell who belongs to Jesus? It's not by how good they act. It's not by how often they go to church. It's not even how much they talk about God. Jesus says that we can tell who is a Christian by how they love. Why? Because real love comes from God. You have to have God's spirit inside your heart to be able to love others the way God does. So love is another crown that we can wear. John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. John 13, 34 and 35. I'm sure several of you are familiar with this. Uh, This is from the NIV. It says, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So again, people should notice that you love each other, okay? There shouldn't be bitterness, arguing, you know, uh, discontent, discord, you know, with you and your brothers, your sisters, okay? So, um, and when people see Christians working things out, they take notice. They're like, huh, something is different about that person because, you know, if that had happened to me, I would have thrown them away, right? But when you love someone, you are willing to work things out. Um, So as I was thinking about all this, obviously the fruit of the Spirit came, you know, came to mind because that's how we prove, you know, 
that's something, you know, when you, when you look at a tree, you see its fruit, right? And so again, people should see the fruit in your life. So Galatians 5, verse 22, verses 22 and 23. Um, and I know Denise mentioned this earlier. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. I'm reading out of the NLT New Living Translation because NIV says the fruit of the Spirit. And so I, I like this version a little better. It's, it says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. And so I like how it says the, the Spirit produces these things. Now, I don't know about you, but I am a rule follower. So when I was a young Christian at 18, I look at this, ver- or this verse and I'm like, okay, this is my list of do's. I'm supposed to do these things. Well, it's, it's not a list of instructions. You know, God doesn't say, go out there and be loving, be joyful, be, have peace. Okay? Um, and because it says the Spirit produces this. You know, when you let the Spirit work in your life, then these things will happen. Um, and... I, I think of it this way. When we try to do these things of our own power, you know, I'm going to be patient, I'm going to be loving, that is like taking a plastic apple and tying it onto an apple tree. People are going to notice. You know, they're going to say, hmm, that, that doesn't look right, right? You know, they're going to know that's, that is not a real apple, okay? So they're going to be able to see that imitation love, that imitation patience, that imitation peace. Now, not saying that you can just do whatever, you know, it's like, well, I don't feel like it, so I'm just going to do whatever. You do need to obey God. But what I have learned <laughs> over my, the hardships that I have gone through is I cannot change my heart. Okay, but when I obey and I submit myself to God and surrender to Him, He's the one that comes in and changes me. So I was thinking about, you know, the coronation that's coming up. And another thing that kind of goes along with this point is when a king or queen is crowned, they are not the one who puts the crown on their own head. Right? The king stands there or sits there. The queen sits there and, you know, I think it's the Bishop of Canterbury. I don't know. I think that's what I I read. Anyway, so that bishop is going to ceremoniously pick up the crown and place it on Charles' head, right? So that is like the fruit of the Spirit. We can't take these things and put them on our heads, put them on our own heads. God is the one, but we have to let him put that, that crown on us. Um, so we have to let him put those things in our lives. Um, I have here, following rules does not change your heart. Getting close to God does. So you can do things, but God will work on your insides. 
So yes, obey God, and yes, do what you're supposed to do, but don't try to make it grow, because God's the one who does that. Now, I also wanted to give you guys a word of warning, um, because with the the uh, coronation that's coming up in England, you know, they have all these crowns, right? And there's actually some contested jewels in the crowns. Um, so Camilla is not going to wear the crown that she would have worn. She's going to wear a different crown anyway, because there are jewels in that one particular crown, and there might be jewels in Charles's crown too. Anyway, that several other countries are like, no, those jewels belong to us, and you stole them. <laughs> and, and and so they're like, okay, so we're just not going to use that crown. We're going to use a different crown. And what I got to thinking about, you know, the, the, the connection to the crowns we wear, are there jewels in your crown that shouldn't be there? Okay? As you present yourself as a Christian, do you have that glaring jewel in your crown that does not belong? Ephesians 5, verses 3 through 5. So Ephesians 5, 3 through 5, in the NLT, New Living Translation, says, Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes, these are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater worshiping the things of this world. So I think about, you know, that crown that we're going to get later on. This says these types of people will not inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. And so we won't get that crown later on if we live like this. I mean, everybody messes up. Everybody, you know, sins. But we can't live here, all right? It shouldn't be this glaring thing. It should be like, okay, I know it's there, and I'm trying to get rid of it kind of a thing. Um, Revelation 3, verse 11. Revelation 3:11 in the NIV says, I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown. So that was one of the verses in the the flyer for this retreat. So basically what I'm saying is, what it's saying is, don't let anyone or anything take your crown. Remember, you are a daughter of the Most High King. Wear that crown, stand tall and straight, and show the world who you are, and in doing so, show the world who your Father is. Okay. Um, now, uh, Denise mentioned a verse earlier, and I wanted to give you a little more background on it. Um, so, we all know about the Israelites, right? <laughs> How they they follow God, and then they didn't follow God, and then they follow God, and then they didn't follow God, and then God was like, okay, just go, you know, and sent them into exile. So, they were in exile, and then this is the promise for them coming back out of exile, And so I got to thinking about when we get all this stuff in our crown that shouldn't be there, sometimes it gets to the point where it's, you know, we're too far gone and we just go, right? We leave God. We're exiled from God. 
you can always come back. Okay? So I want you to remember that because, you know, this crowd, this, this room is full. Not every one of you will be here next year. But you can always come back. So the verse is Isaiah 62, verse 3. Isaiah 62, verse 3, in the NLT, New Living Translation, it says, The Lord will hold you in his hand for all to see, a splendid crown in the hand of God. So this, he's talking to the Israelites when they are coming back. So just know that if you have tarnished your crown, when you come back, he will wipe it clean. And he will show everybody, you know, look at my daughter. Look how beautiful she is. Okay? Now, it's better to, like, stay untarnished, you know, the whole time. But know that that's that's there for you. So we are all daughters of the Most High King. We are all princesses. And like I said, we should stand tall and straight. Because usually you hear tall and proud so, yeah, I mean, not that tall and straight because my daddy, I, I am his, right? Um, so I want to end with a poem. Um, my daughter, Mackenzie, she couldn't be here today. She has, She's up at U of I in Champaign, and she had too many things to do today. But a few weeks ago at the their church, they had a Women's Day, and one of the members wrote a poem and so when Mackenzie was home for spring break, she had it, and I read it, and I'm like, can I use this? And she's like, sure. So this is a poem called Daughter of the King, written by Danasia Harvey. Oh, to be a daughter of the king, clothed in strength and majesty. Oh, to be fully known and seen, deeply cherished by the king. Daughter, your beauty is astonishing. No, not your jewels and beads, but your heart. It beams. Your dignity, your virtue, your courage. Oh, what a privilege it is to be made in the image of the king. Daughter, what is it that you are chasing after? Have you already forgotten me? Fix your eyes on me, not on those temporary things. Please take my hand and walk with me. I promise to give you everything you need. Remember who you are, daughter. Don't be swayed by the devil's schemes. You are loved relentlessly, endlessly, unconditionally. So take heart, for you are a daughter of the Most High King. Thank you.